This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, we've been talking about <clears throat> unearthing truth. And that's what I want to continue talking about, how to unearth truth. And it is so, so powerful, the truth that God has given us. And most of you can quote that passage where it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And there's such wonderful, fantastic freedom in every area of our life, the, the more we know the truth, the more the truth gets in us, you know, because becomes part when us with us. So uh, let, let's look if we could here at 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, 16. And what we're going to do is just give a little bit of a review of what we have been talking about, and then I'll launch out into some other areas. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All, all. scriptures... Yes, you got to slow down when you say that word. You know, all right? scriptures. All. And, and you know what percentage this is talking about. And some of you guys think I'm just joking when I do this. But when it says all, what percentage is it? 100%. It's important to know if it's not just my favorite verse or a verse that someone gave me or one I learned when I was in Sunday school years ago. But it's all. All. Go ahead. All scriptures. All scripture is inspired by God. Which means it's God breathed. God breathed it out. A man heard it and he jotted it down for posterity, for, for us, for generations to come. It was recorded for us. Okay? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Isn't that a powerful word? Don't you like things that are useful? You know, uh, useful. All the scriptures, each and every one of them, every part of them, it was God-breathed, and it's useful. And it's useful to teach us what is true. What's true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You know, because there's some areas that we're probably not depending upon God in. Some areas that we're not quite got it right yet. You know, we've not learned that as of yet. But the scripture is useful to teach us what's true, and it's useful to help us realize what's wrong in areas of our life. And it's not in a condemning way. It's an encouraging kind of way. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. When it straightens us out, there's a transformation that takes place. It changes us. The truth changes us genuinely, and we become more and more Christ-like. It teaches us to do what is right, and teaches us to do righteous things, you know, and to walk in the righteousness of Almighty God, you know. Now, I talked about just a wee bit last week about a movie I had read some reviews on. It's called A Few <clears throat> Good Men, and there was a statement made in that movie in this courtroom-looking situation, and there was somebody telling the other guy, says, you can't handle truth. You can't handle truth, and that's what the enemy of our soul is always trying to tell us. And he's, that's why he says, hey, don't use this book. Don't read, you know, you, you can't understand it. You know, I'll have somebody tell you what it means. Truth of it is, you're created in the very image of God. And you can handle truth. You can. God created you that way. The enemy of our soul is always saying, you can't handle truth. You can't handle truth. He's trying to frighten us away from the truth. Oh, you might misunderstand. No, 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 no. Holy Spirit's been given to lead you and guide you so you can understand the truth. You know, you genuinely can. And uh, see, Satan doesn't want you to be fully equipped. And the truth equips you for what God has in store for you and what he wants to do in your life and have you to do in this world in which we live. And you know, the the uh, armor of God that God has given us, it really equips us. It's, it's not made like the old, old armor was made years ago out of leather or chain mail or later on metal. But the armor of God uh, is all made out of the scriptures. It's made out of the word of God. And it's made out of truth. And the scripture tells us 
In Ephesians chapter 6, if you read verse 10, I think down in verse 18, it talks about put on the whole armor of God. You and me to put on the armor of God. It protects us and it equips us and enables us to do what God's called us to do. There's a helmet of salvation and a helmet of salvation to protect us and to keep us away from the stinking thinking, you know. And it protects our, our, our brains and our head and our thoughts and all. And then it talks about there's a, a shield of uh, faith. faith. And where does faith come from? Hearing. Faith comes by hearing the word. And there's a sword of the spirit, which is the word, of God. the word of God. And if you'll look at it and look at every passage, every piece of the armor of God is molded and shaped, put together by the truth. It genuinely is. There's a breastplate of righteousness, and that protects all of our vital organs, you know, spiritual ones, if you would. And the thing of this, when you sin, the Bible tells us the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. But it says when we sin, if we will go to God and we will confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, when we sin, our, our, our breastplate of righteousness falls to the ground. And we are unrighteous. We don't have no righteousness. It's fell down. And all of our vital organs are, are open. But it says if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We get our breastplate of righteousness back on and it protects us, you see. And then there's another piece of the armor. It's called the belt of uh, truth. Truth. Uh, we're studying about unearthing truth. And uh, the best way I'd like to help you to see it is you look at a policeman or you look at a, a military guy. And uh, it's vital that you keep your britches up. You know what I'm saying? A belt helps to do that. But they got all kinds of gear hanging off of their belt. You know, all kinds of stuff. You know, and so they can do their job most effectively. You know, so the belt in, in the Bible, it talks about the belt of truth. Our loins are about with truth and all. And so the armor of God, if you want to be fully equipped, you want to be able to stand against the fiery darts that the devil throws at us, well, then you spend some time in this book and let this book get on the inside of you. It changes us. It brings about a transformation in us. So it says here. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. Hmm. It teaches us to do what is right. Okay, let's move on to verse 17. It is God's way of preparing us in every way. It's God's way of preparing us in what? Every way. Every. What percentage is every? 100%. 100%. It's God's way of preparing us in every way. Fully equipped. What kind of being equipped? Fully. What percentage is fully? 100%. Fully equipped for, for every good thing God and, and, and what percentage do. is every? Again. 100%. Fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. And when we do what God wants us to do, that genuinely pleases Almighty God. Now think about it. You know, imagine that you were going out into a, onto a battlefield. Would you be without a helmet? No. No. You think about when you watch football. The football players don't even go on the field without a helmet, do they? They got all of the pads and all of the gear they need to protect themselves as they're fighting it out over that piece of pigskin they're throwing around on the football field. But when we go into battle, and we are in a genuine battle, the, the Bible says we are, we have our weapons. As people in the military and people who are police officers all, they have their helmets at a certain time, they have their rifles, their, their ammo, their knives, they have their packs, extra packs of gear, uh, food and water and extra socks and first aid kits. They may have maps and compasses and, and radio communications. They're fully equipped for what they've been called to do. And if, I'm just going to ask you, do you even know if you're fully equipped or not? You know, 
Now, what's that motto that the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts had? Be prepared. Be prepared. Be fully equipped. And I'm going to challenge you to be fully equipped for what God has called you to do. We're created in the image of God, and we can handle truth. You can handle truth. I'm telling you, by Holy Spirit, you can handle truth. And uh, there's a way. Sometimes you go, well, how do I know if it's truth or not? Mm-hmm. Have you ever went to the, to the store somewhere and, and bought a piece of furniture? Yeah. You know what? The wisest thing to do before you do that, you measure your doors. <laughs> you measure outside doors. You measure inside doors. You, you measure windows. Or you figure out where you're going to put this great big hole in your house to get that piece of furniture in. You measure it to see if it will fit. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the way we measure something to find out if it's true or not, we measure it. Here's our tape measure, if you would. Well, here's something somebody said or I heard here or there or this is what people want me to do or want me to believe and we just measure it. And, and the Bible says, oh, well, there's somebody who, who you know, was upset with you and they cussed at you and some of your friends said, just cuss them out. Well, let me measure it. Does, does the Bible measure it properly? Thou shalt cuss out thy neighbor. Yeah. No. It says if, that you are, this is how we measure it. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. It even tells us if someone slaps you on the cheek, learn karate so you can give them a good karate shop. Right? No. What's it say do? Turn the other You turn to the other one because that's what Christ has asked us to do to represent him in this world. He's going to take care of us in the midst of all that. Now, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is working in you. Hold on a second. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome thought. That God knows me well enough to be working in me. And he's working in you. God is working in every one of you, whether you are aware of it or not. And would you help me to communicate this message for a moment? Sure. Okay, just look at a neighbor and say, that's talking about you. It's talking about you. It's talking about you. It's talking about you. Okay. Don't get carried away now. Come on back, okay? But it says here, can we read that one once again? For God is working in you. He's talking about us. He's talking about on this particular day, he is working in you. He is genuinely, and you feel, well, I don't feel it. Don't matter if you feel it or not. He's working in you. You're, you're created in his image, and he is working in you. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, those, first of all, those supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. It says here, pray for everybody, for all. That's 100%. Pray. This is what you need to do is pray for all men. And that's talking about mankind. It's talking about men and women. Pray for everybody. That's what he's talking about. Pray for all men. For kings and for all and all who are in authority. Now, hold on a second here. Even if those who are in authority are, don't have the same theme or the same ideas that you have, that don't really matter at all. The Bible says pray for the kings, the presidents. Whether you voted for them or not makes no difference. But everybody deserves to be prayed for that they will come to the knowledge of the truth and that they will receive Christ as their Savior and that God may work in them and bring about you know, transformation and change. He can do that in anybody. And he's talking about us pray for everybody on the planet. And he says specifically 
for us to pray for those in authority. Whether you agree with them or not makes no difference because this is God's creation and he wants all men, women, boys and girls to come to the knowledge of the truth so they'll know him. Let's continue on. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. When we pray for those in authority, whether you agree with them or not, he says that you might live a quiet and peaceful life. It benefits God's kingdom when we pray for those who are in authority. In all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. It's when we pray for those all around about us. Everybody, including those, even those who are in the greatest positions of authority, we pray for those. Even if we totally disagree, 100% disagree with them, we pray that God work in their hearts and their lives and God would forgive them and they would come to the knowledge of the truth. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. See there? Yeah, you just said that. He tells us to pray that all people would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And you and I have a whole lot to do with that. God's working in us and he's teaching us the truth to pray for our land because prayer genuinely makes a difference. Now let's look at what it says here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is working in you. Seems like we already read that. We did. God is working in you. The reason we have it here twice is because it's so important to recognize God is on the move and he's working in you right now. And he'll be working in you tomorrow. Whether you recognize it, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't, but God's working in you. Giving you the desire to obey him. Now hold on right there a second. Do you have a desire to obey God? Yes. That's a pretty good response. It was. Better than the other service. I know. <laughs> they were still sleeping. They hadn't had any coffee yet. I think it was an issue there. But God's working in you. And he's giving you, if you have a desire to obey anything that's in God's word, if you have a desire to obey it, God gave you that desire. That did not originate from you. So he says, for God is working in you, Giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. A lot of people have a desire, but they are powerless. Would you like to have all the power? Yes. yes. You know where you get the power from? God's word. Look here. <laughs> That's where you get the power from. You get plugged in to God's word and allow his word to bring the power into your life. And that's what he wants to take place for you. He genuinely does. And hopefully you get this snapshot in your mind and you always remember it when you see your Bible. It's like, you can have power. Now, how many of you guys really do like power? Yep. How many of you plug your cell phones in at least once a week? Mm-hmm. Once a day? Yeah. Several times a day? How many of you just leave it plugged in? <laughs> now, I'm the kind of guy, I got one of these. I found them a few years ago, and I gave everybody in my family one of these. You just pop it down. It's so easy. Just plug it into where the socket at. You know, you just plug it in like that. And it charges it up, and it will charge my cell phone four or five times. It already has the wire built into it, and it also has the wire built into it that fits my computer. So it won't fully charge my computer, but it adds a full 20, 30% to my laptop, and that makes a big difference if you're... So I, I leave this plugged up, so it's always fully charged. And then when I plug it in, let me see. Ooh. Boy, that was way down. 93%. Can you believe that? 
Susan thinks 20% is more than enough. <laughs> and I'm going, let me have that, you know? And the thing is, it's charging it. Because we like power, don't we? Yes. And I like the idea of just leaving it plugged in. Now, you might disagree with that, but I do believe in leaving you and me plugged in. And just all the power that we need for whatever we have to deal with in that day, we got it. All that power. And that's how we get it. It's from, from God's word. I'm going to leave that there. Okay. And if you're trying to call me to interrupt the service, I got the volume turned off, okay? <laughs> I just want to tell you that. Now watch. Everybody's going to try to call me. And is it going to vibrate and fall off the table or something or another, probably? Well, it was funny. In the last service, I, I forgot to turn mine off. And I kind of slipped it out of my pocket and sat it here and turned it off. And, and in the midst of that, within 20 minutes, I got two texts from two different ones of our sons. So Yeah? Yeah. Well, have, have you, do you take calls? Yes. What about calls from God? Oh, no, no, no. Um, well, we're not taking calls right now. We're driving our car. We're watching TV. We're taking a nap. We're eating. We're taking. We're not taking calls from God right now. You never want to do that. You always want to hear what God has to say to us. Anyhow, it says God is working, working in you. Go ahead. He's working in you. And He's working in you. And He's working, he's working in, in us. He is, because the Bible says. Two of us, when we're mad, we become one. God's working in us. He is. Giving you the desire to obey him. Do you desire to obey God? Yes, I do. And I'm asking the question, and I know what the proper response would be, but I want you to think about it genuinely. Whatever it is that God has in store for you, do you really desire to obey him? Yes. It's the most wonderful place to be. When you're in agreement with him and you want to obey him, he, he gives us a desire. And let's finish that up. And the power to do what pleases him. And the power. So stay plugged into his word. And, and Holy Spirit, it tells us in Acts 1. You know what Acts 1 says? You shall receive power. You shall receive power after Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you can be a witness. You will be a witness unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. But the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all the truths of God's word. He brings power and he reminds us of what Papa God has said to us. Okay, let's go on here. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Enoch was taken, it's in the Old Testament. It was a type, a shadow of things to come. Did you know there will be a day? A lot of uh, people in the Christian circle call it the rapture. The word rapture is not in most Bibles, but the word catching away is called up. And, And rapture is defining that catching up. There will be a day before things get really terrible, terrible on this earth, the, the Bible says those who follow him, those who believe in him, will call, be caught up in the air, taken to heaven without dying. That's in your Bible. You've got to check it out. And we might be getting close to some of those times. Very, very likely. But it's talking here about Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared. He disappeared. Uh, our Bible says, within the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. Because God took him. God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Now, do you have a reputation amongst your family? Do you have a reputation in your community that you're a person who you live to please God? That's the question that I want you to chew on. Do you have that reputation? Because you love people, you're kind, you've always got a 
kind word and you try, oh, you make mistakes, yes, and you go to God and he forgives you. But do you have a reputation of genuinely wanting to please God? Think about that. Because that was what happened to Enoch. He was a person who did please God. And it is impossible to please God. Hold on. What, what would it be like if the verse stopped right there? It's impossible to please God, so why even try? But that's not the truth. He says it is impossible to please God. Let's read it again, dear. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. And you know what? He has given us his word. And you can stay plugged in and be powerful. And you can please God. Because faith cometh by Hearing, hearing the word of God. And, and you're empowered and you're empowered. But if you, you would choose to do anything else in the world, but you don't want to be plugged in. You don't want to read it. You don't want somebody to read it to you. You don't want to hear it being taught. You know. But if you want to please God, he says it's impossible to please God without faith. And faith comes by hearing God's word. That's, that's what he tells us here. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe but that must, God... Must, must believe. That's the same thing as faith. Mm -hmm. Must believe... That God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God rewards those who sincerely seek him. What are you seeking? The rest of the day, after church, what are you seeking? I mean, is God included? See, when God is included in all the things that's going on in your life, you will be so blessed. He says, if you'll seek first God in his kingdom, all the other things will be added to you, will come looking for you. You become that man, that woman of faith. You're plugged in. And the opportunities that are absolutely amazing comes looking for you. You know, you're fully equipped. For everything that God created you for. That's what I'm talking about. Now there's many books. You know. Many, 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 many books on our cell phones. On our computers. And libraries. There's so many books everywhere. And they're just for information. 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 Education. Education. Information. So many books. That's what they're for. But see. All this information. This education alone will not make you a good mommy and daddy. Education alone will not make you a good husband or a good wife. All this education alone will not make you an honest person. All the education that you can get from all the books that are out there will not give you peace and hope. That's something that so many people are just desperate. I just need to have peace. I need to have hope. That's a confident expectation for the future, you know? Education alone will not get you to heaven. It will not. There's a lot of stuff to read that has no power to it at all. It might give you some inspiration of some things you want to do, some desires you got, but there's no power to get her done. But see, God's book, his living word, and that's what it's referred to, the living word, the living word of God is also known as the truth. And it produces faith in us. His word produces faith in us. And, and was given for our transformation. Was given for the change that he wants to take place. Because he's got spectacular things for your life. And, and if you go to his book, you will discover what he has in store for you because he's working in you and he's giving you desires and he gives you the power. But do you plug into it? He gives you the power to do everything he's giving you the desire for. That's what I'm talking about. You know, his word, it changes our conversations. You know, there's some people per sentence, there are only about two or three words in their sentences. The rest of them are swears. Uh, blankety blank, oh, how are y'all blankety blank doing today? Blankety blank, 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 blank. They have such a small vocabulary. 
And so they fill it in with blankety blank, 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 blank. Four-letter words and all. But you know, when you come to know Christ as your Savior, it brings about a transformation in your conversation. So much more people go, well, what happened to you? Wow. Because you talk differently now. Think about that, you know? And, you know, there's a transformation that is obvious to all the people. There's a, a total makeover, if you would. A makeover in your life because of God's word. Powerful. It transforms you. Listen to what it says here in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did God create the heaven and the earth? I'm sorry, can you hear me? He spoke it. He used his words. And, and this is phenomenal. You're creating the image of God. And you can speak your words. You, you can speak because you're creating the image of God. The same way God said, let there be light. light. And there was light. You're creating that image. Good and bad. The Bible says we're snared by the words of our mouth. And when you're speaking to your kids and all, hey, you can do that. You, you, you can become anything you want to be. Or you're telling them, you're a jerk. You'll never amount. You was a mistake. You know you're creating that in them. Our words are so powerful. So let's make sure that we're speaking God's words. Because that is absolutely 100% the truth. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The, the Spirit of God moved, and the Spirit of God is moving upon us. Even right now, whatever you're going through, the Spirit of God is moving. God is working in you and me. He's given us the desires, and He gives us the power but sometimes we just don't plug in he's given us desires and he's given us the power to do the things that really genuinely please him and God said wait a minute and God said let there be light <laughs> and there was light now I know you think Pastor Ron your, your light is not that bright well I've got about a, almost a week's use on that. But anytime you see me with my light, and I'm not exaggerating, anytime you see me with my light, not far away, and that battery's good for about a, a week. There's two more, there's two more, there's two more. There's a seventh one. It's a good number, ain't it? I charge my batteries. I have batteries charged and waiting. Because I get up in the middle of the night, I hear something bump, go bump in the night. I'm going to go bump into whatever went bumping tonight. I'm going to find out what went bumping tonight. And I go outside and I walk around the edge of the woods and say, hey, what was that that went bump, you know? But I turn on my light. I check on my whole family, you know, in the nighttime. Whether they know it or not, I check on them, you know. And if my light gets dim, this is way too dim. It really is way too dim to do what I like it to do. And I have a headlamp that's just as powerful as this, you know. And it's, it's more of a wide light, and this one will penetrate and go further out there. Like the Bible says, his word is... A lamp unto our feet. A lamp unto our feet, right here. And a light to our path. And to our path. His word is, it helps us to see close at hand, and it helps us to see off in the distance. Anyhow, I'm always powering these things up. I, I like power, you know, in my flashlights. And in my life, when I pray about things and encourage people, I want there to be power there because God said it was. That's what he tells us. So, oh, it said it right there, didn't it? And God said what? Let there be light. Let there be light. And can't you picture this when you're reading and then when you're praying? All of a sudden, if you could see our thoughts, it's like, ding. There's a light bulb. You see a picture of a light bulb over my head. Ding. You know? Uh, inspiration. I'm inspired. Ding. Inspiration and revelation. Transformation. And it leads all to salvation. God's word changes us from the inside out. And when truth stands in your, your way, 
I don't know if you ever had truth to stand in your way or not. Think about it for just a moment. When truth stands in your way. Hmm. Hey, Guy, can I borrow you for a moment? Guy, Tuma. <laughs> You're the one I picked on your shoulder when I was walking up here. Did you need me up there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, would it hurt you to jump off the platform onto the floor? No. You can sure. wait, 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 wait. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll give it to you as a parachute in a minute, though. Okay. If you need to go back here and help somebody real quick, you just walk up to the edge and just jump down. Is that okay? Yeah. No, no, just jump down. That wasn't too bad, was it? No. Okay. Now, what I want you to do, there's the stairs that goes up into the balcony. I want you to jump off the balcony. Well, just follow my instructions for just a moment. Truth often stands in our way when we're going the wrong direction. Could you go to the balcony, use the balcony, and, uh, the, uh, the uh, steeple? Yeah. Could you jump out of the steeple instead? No. No. You know, there's sometimes the devil tells us to do some things, and truth will stand in our way because we're going the wrong direction. Have you ever had the truth stand in your way? There's something you really wanted to do, but you know it's contrary to what the Bible said, and it stands in your way. And it's a good thing that the truth stands in our way, because we'd do some things <laughs> that would hurt us, right? Hey, y'all give a guy a grand applause for helping us out here. Remember now, there's so many times when you're tempted to do things that you know is contrary to God. I don't know if you ever watched that program. There was a program on when I was a kid anyhow. It was called Truth or Consequences. If you ignore the truth, there will be some consequences. So let's pursue the truth. In Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, and the scripture tells us itself that it is the truth. You'll know the truth and it will set you, set you free. Now let's see, where am I at? Okay, there we are. Let's actually see where you're at. John 16, 13 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 100%. All truth. The spirit of truth. Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. He wants you to be plugged in. He's powerful. Full. God's word is power full. And we want to be plugged in so we are power full. That's why we're unearthing the truth. So we're power full. And we can do what God has given us the desire to do. He's given us the power to do it. He, he really has. Now, how many of you are familiar with the idiot lights on the dash of your car? <laughs> Yeah. 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 Five people? <laughs> well, you know, if there's a, a light that says, you know, oil is low. There's a, a light that shows your temperature gauge is like 900 degrees. <laughs> what should you do? Get a piece of tape and cover the light. <laughs> Electric tape, it's black. You don't even know it's there anymore. Right? And there's tons of other lights on there, and, and you can ignore them. Just like you can just push the truth out of your way. The, the truth, we find truth, and it's like, I keep bumping into truth. It's because I'm going the wrong way. And, and when these idiot lights are shining up on my, my dash, well, what should we do? Well... Holy Spirit is like those lights. You know, he's, he's, he's our warning system. He, he warns us. Uh, to the heart of every man, woman, every believer, Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. He said, nope, wrong direction. Nope, 
that's too hot. Nope, you got to change this and change that and, and do this. He leads us and guides us, the Bible tells us, into all truth. And the Holy Spirit brought about a transformation of, of uh, men, uh, disciples in the Bible, Peter, into a mighty man of God. Listen to what it says here in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. The Spirit of truth works within us. We become more and more like Him yeah. and, and reflect His glory even more. The Spirit of truth. He's at work within us. We've already heard that the, the Lord is working within us. The Spirit of truth. He's leading us and guiding us into all truth. It says the Spirit of the Lord, He works within, within us. God is on the move in our lives every day of our life. And you may get used to just pushing the truth out of your way and doing what you want. Remember the movie, Truth. Or consequences. And there are consequences if we ignore the truth. There genuinely is. And we don't want to take that route. We, we really don't. But it says the Spirit of the Lord, He's working within us. And when He is at work within us, and we are submitting to Him, we're becoming more and more and more and more. Like Almighty God. You know, like, like Father, like Son, like Father, like Daughter. Our Heavenly Father will becoming more like His first begotten Son, Jesus. We're becoming more and more and more like Him. Transformation is taking place. Now, Eve, Eve had been known to disobey God. And uh, I want us to, to read this passage here where the devil was really tempting Eve to, uh, to disobey God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. You won't die, the serpent hissed. Shh. The serpent hissed. Because the devil, the serpent, tempted her to eat something off of this tree of the top knowledge of good and evil. And she said, oh no, can God told us we could eat out of all thousands, millions of trees and plants in the garden. But he said, don't take of, partake of that one or you'll die. And, and the devil came around there and he said, what? You won't die, the serpent hissed. Hmm. No, you don't believe that nonsense, do you? You know? And see, we must work very hard to prevent truth decay. Truth decay. We work really hard to prevent tooth decay, don't we? And that's very important. But we must work very, very, very hard to prevent truth decay. <laughs> we just walk by it. We don't even care about it. We don't even know it. We don't even recognize it anymore. It's just decayed. And the devil's one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we got to work really hard to prevent that. The devil always trying to put that question mark where, where God has put a a period or an exclamation mark. Well, the devil said to Eve, first he said, you won't die, the servant hissed. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. Hmm, the forbidden fruit. God had forbidden Adam and Eve to partake of this particular tree. And the devil says, God knows your eyes are going to be opened. You know, when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. Knowledge, 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 information, education, information, education, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And that really appealed to her. I'll be like, God? And I'll know everything that God knows? Whoa, ho, 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 ho. Verse 6. The woman was convinced. She believed a lie. It was not truth. God gave her truth. She believed a lie. The fruit looked so fresh and delicious, and it would make her so wise. The Bible refers to the devil. He comes as an angel of light. He comes as an angel of light. Really looks good. This has got to be something that's really good. He's camouflaged as an angel. He is a fallen one, if you would. But, and he's an angel of darkness. But he camouflages himself as an angel of light. That's what the Bible tells us. You know, anyhow... So she ate some of the fruit. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. Then he ate it too. 
And they were put out of the garden, a place that God made for them, where they would take a walk with him in the cool of the day. And they would enjoy fellowship with Almighty God. But they gave in. First sin, they gave in to, and they disobeyed God. And they lost that close intimacy that they had with God, to be honest with you. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message. The message, the truth. That's God's word, you know. He says, humbly accept the message. The message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. Oh, the truth is strong enough to forgive you of all your sins, to save your soul. Bring about transformation and change you in theirs that God has created for you. And remember, it is a message to obey, you not know, just to listen to. The, the, the call to truth is a call to action. And God wants us to become active. Not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs, but to become active in seeking first him and his righteousness and all things we have need of. He said it will be added to us. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourself. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law. The law, which is the truth. If you keep looking steadily, you don't give up on it, into God's perfect law. <coughs> the law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God will bless you for taking action. Plug it into the power. You got the desire. You got the power. And God will bless you for stepping into action on, on his leading. And he leads and guides you all too. He will bless you for doing it. Truth calls us to action. Now, we have just a wee bit of time here now. And I would like to share a couple of things with you. There is so much. If we really was able to accomplish what we want to do today, we'd have to read you the whole Bible, okay? And you would probably want lunch before that was done. And it's 12-11 right now, okay? Um, so this is what God says about you. Ooh, would you like to know what God says about you? Yes. Personally, about you. And this is relevant. And hopefully you take it personal. Because it is personal to you. And there's so much. We only have just a wee bit of time to touch base on just a little bit. But this is what God's word, what God himself says about you when you're in relationship with him. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. You will never, ever, ever have God to condemn you. Ever. You know what? God, in the person of his Holy Spirit, he will convict you. And you'll just, oh, man, I don't have peace about this. I, I just, I, I don't have peace about it. Something just ain't quite right about this here. He'll convict you so you don't go past the truth when you're going the wrong way. He'll convict you so you can get back on the right path. But he will never ever condemn you. God does not use condemnation. For all of those who are in relationship with his son Jesus, he says there is no condemnation. So if you're feeling condemned all the time, you can be well sure of who it is. Who is it? Yeah, it's not my wife. I'm just teasing. By that, you know. Some people might think that, you know. Maybe it's their thing as their wife or their husband, but that's not. The enemy of our soul condemns us. He tries to make us feel lousy and rotten about some things. He tries to bring up all the bad. But the Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, again, but this is verse 16. It says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. Imagine that for a moment. And you may not have a great relationship in a family, or, or you may be adopted, or your parents, you may never have known them, and you may 
feel a little questionable and feel a little lonely, a little empty. But the Bible says you are children of God. Amen. Now, I've, I've heard this quite a few times when people say, oh, we're just all children of God. Do you believe that? No. I don't believe it either. I, I don't believe it. Because we were all born. But when we become children of God, we're born again. The Bible tells us that. And we're into relationship. There's an intimacy with him now. And, and we are children of God. I mean, you can call him father. I call him Papa God. That's the way I pray, you know. And that's a reality in my life. It's, it's the real deal. Have a relationship with Papa God. And, and, and I understand. I'm a child. And I understand how daddies are about their children. I understand that. Oh, we're not perfect as our Papa God is with us. But we understand. And, and read that again. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. You, you understand an heir? Mm-hmm. It means you have an inheritance from, 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 from your dad, from your papa. There's an inheritance of some kind. And uh, Go ahead and read that part again. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. Can you imagine... That there's an inheritance from God for you? I mean, he paves the, the gold the streets with solid gold in heaven. I mean, is that cool to be an heir of God? Yes. And, and then it goes on to say... And joint heirs with Christ. A joint heirs. You understand a joint heir? Now, I don't know if you all know what I'm talking about here or not. This is something you, Susan and I still use. Oh, we use other sources as well, but we still use, I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but a checkbook. (laughs) A lot of people don't use them. A lot of places don't take them, you know? But the thing is, around this time of the year, I can grab my checkbook and I can go into the other room by myself and I can order a lot of fish and tackle, you know? Almost springtime and you, you get that it's to go fishing. You know what I'm saying? And it don't matter. I, 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 whatever's in that account, I can spend it on fishing tackle if I want to. And then she can, uh, our, our uh, youngest grandson, he's about five, six months old? Seven months old. Seven months old? I blinked my eye. I was just talking to him back there a while ago, you know? Anyhow, and she can go buy all these cute little baby clothes for him. And I don't know a thing about it. You know what I'm saying? Hundreds of baby clothes, you know? That's what, but you could. I could. Because we have a joint checking account. Yeah. She has access to everything I have access to. And I have access to everything she has access to. And that might not be much, but the Bible says I'm a joint heir with Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything that Christ has access to, I have access to. Everything that Christ has access to, you have access to if you believe him. How do we please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we say plugged in and we believe God. Everything that he says is true. It might seem kind of hard to believe, but it is the truth nevertheless. And God honors everything that he has said. For the man or the woman who, who believes him. Uh, can I read the next one? Sure. It's Romans chapter 8. How'd y'all know? Verse 28. Uh, let me read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. It's really a powerful passage, but the Amplified may bring a little clarity to it. And it says, and we know, and, and in the Amplified, it defines that in the original Greek. And we know with great confidence. And it's not like, yeah, well, yeah. But no, we know with great confidence, absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, God knows every detail of our life and he is deeply concerned about every decision you made yesterday that you're going to make today and you're going to make tomorrow. He is deeply concerned and not worried but concerned. It says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, he causes, he call, He causes all things. What, what percentage is all? 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 
Think about everything that's going on in your life right now. He causes all things to work together as a plan. This is part of God's plan. He, he causes all things to work together as a plan for good, for the good, for those who love God. Let me ask you a question. Do you love God? Yes. Did you know, and I'll let you look it up and find out where it's located, but God says, if you love me, keep my commands. So if you go up to one of his commands, it's blocking you from going the wrong way, and you come up to his commands and you push it out of the way, you might say you love him, but in actions you don't. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. That's the truth. And you can argue with me to your blue in the face. I'm going to stick with the truth. That's what he tells us. So he says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, he causes all things to work together. That's a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. And what a wonderful thing it is in God. Going to God and saying, God, I want your plan. I want your purposes to be done in my life. I submit myself to you. Think about it for a moment. Submit myself to you. And he says he's going to work it all together for good. Okay. Why don't you read that one? Romans 8, 31. All of these are in Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8.30. If you want to read or memorize a chapter of the Bible, go for Romans 8, the whole chapter. And we'll give you till next week. <laughs> we'll give you the rest of your life, be honest with you. If God is for us. <laughs> Have you ever heard this before? Yeah. We're reading it out of the Amplified Bible because there are people who misunderstood it. Just reading out of the King James. Sounded awesome but it was misunderstood. Okay, read it, Mom. If God is for us, who can be successful against us? Did you hear that? Because we used to read it just out of the King James. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we would sing it. And then we'd all holler out, nobody. Is God for you? Yes. Is there anybody against you? Yes. How can you say yes? If God's for you, who can be against you? The devil can be against you, even if God's for you. You can have neighbors that are against you. You can have family that's against you. Is that true? Yes. But that's why I like the Amplified Bible. If God is for us, who can successfully be against us? They're against us, but they will not be successful if God's for me. Does that make sense? That's the truth of that passage. If God is for me, and he is, who can be against us? Who can successfully be against us? The answer to that is nobody. He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If God gave us his own son, Jesus, who went to the cross and gave up his life for us, Will he not give us everything else we need? Yes. If he gave us his son to wash us clean and take us to heaven one day, will he not give us something to eat? Yes. And anything else that you need, if he gave us his, that's what it says. If God has given us his son Jesus, won't he give us everything else? Yes. And the answer to that is absolutely positively yes. 100% of what you need, you know, He'll give you, and lots of times it's just 100% of what you like, to be honest with you. That's just the way our God, our Papa God is. We got one more verse. Romans 8.37. Yet in all these things. And, and if you'll read the verses before verse 37, there's a lot of trouble, a lot of difficulty, a lot of crazy things is going on. And he says, yet in all these things, these troubles. We are more than conquerors. Do you hear that word? How many of you would like to be a conqueror? Amen. Yes. How many would like to be more than a conqueror? Yes. 
Whoa, that's what I'm talking about. And, and you probably heard me use this analogy because it's so wonderful. You, you step out, the devil steps out on, out on the battlefield. You're already there. You're fully, completely, you know, decked out in the armor of God. You've got all of the armor of God. You're plugged into the power. The devil steps out there on the battlefield. And I don't know if you know this or not. I mean, it's a, it's a big, long field, and the devil's coming after you. But the devil has eye problems. You know, he says, I will ascend into the, up there and I'll overcome the, and I will do this. And I, you know, the devil has eye problems. So he can't see you too good. He's coming out there to meet you face to face. But the closer he gets, he sees something that he remembers. You're wearing the armor of God. You look just like Jesus. Now, Jesus conquered him. Yes. And Jesus rose from the dead. And the devil was trying to hold him down, but Jesus rose from the dead. And, and, and you know, the, the devil flee. Did you know that the Bible tells you, and, and this is the, you have to do it in this order, submit yourself to God, surrender yourself to God, and resist the devil. Anybody know what the rest of it says? He'll flee. You didn't know that the devil had fleas, did you? He has fleas. So don't hang around him a whole lot. You'll get him too, you know. But you can't just resist the devil. You, it's a proper order. Submit yourself to God. Then resist the devil. And he will flee. And if you look at it in its original language, in terror. In terror. The devil will flee in terror because Jesus conquered him. Yes. And the Bible says, that's great. But the Bible says we are more than conquerors. The devil looks at us and sees we're just like Christ who conquered him and he flees. And we don't have to fight all the same battles that Jesus did because we're more in, in Christ. Uh, read that. This is the last verse we're looking at Yet today. All these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory. Wow. We're more than conquerors and we gain an overwhelming victory. You know, it's like, like a ball game. Maybe you're going to watch a ball game today or something, and the score ends up 8 to 9. That win is not very overwhelming, is it? No. But it's just like, it's like 2 to 158 billion. <laughs> That's overwhelming. Yeah. And, and the Bible says here, it says, overwhelming victory. We are more than conquerors, and we gain an overwhelming victory. Through him who loved us. Through him. Uh, who's him? Jesus. We gain this overwhelming victory through Christ Jesus. So much that he died for us. He loved us that much. He loved us so much he died in our place. And we have an overwhelming victory. We don't just barely, you know, we're going to get into heaven and... Uh, St. Paul and Peter's going to come with water because we're still smoking from down here, you know. We're in battle and we're black burnt edges and all that. No, 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 no. That ain't the way it goes. The Bible says overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus who gave his life for you. That's what I'm talking about. Hopefully, this picture gets burned into your mind. This is where power comes from. Stay plugged in. Amen. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Don't come from nowhere else. There is some gifts of the spirit where faith comes. Real fantastic spirit. But you can build faith on a daily basis if you stay plugged in. Don't just plug in at Christmas and Easter. But stay plugged into God's word. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all the truth. And he gives us power. You'll receive power in the Holy Spirit. He'll lead us in guys and all truth. Anyhow, what I want to do is 1228. I've gone over again. Yes, you have. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so exciting. I only shared six pages. Don't feel condemned. Yeah. Thank you, dear. I only have 13 pages, and we got to six. I think you make me go longer while you're here with me. Probably. I'm teasing, okay? Uh, anyhow, what I'd like to do before we go, let's reaffirm our faith in Christ. 
That's just like, you know, some people say, well, why do I have to do I've did that so many times before. It's just like, honey, when we got married, I told you I love you. And if it ever changes, I'll let you know. Amen. It's been almost 45 years, and I don't have to tell you because I told you once already. That doesn't work. And I tell her I love her all the time. Don't I? Yeah, you do. You start off the morning, and I say, I love you, Papa God, and I love you. And she tells me the same thing, you know. Anyhow, so when we reaffirm our faith in Christ, we're just saying, I, I really do love you, you know. So if you'd like to join us as we reaffirm our faith in Christ, and those of you who may be here and you've never declared your faith in Christ, or you're watching online, maybe you've never declared your faith in Christ, would you join us? It's just a you know, one-minute prayer. Would you join us as we pray right now? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son, Jesus. That's why you sent your son, Jesus. And I believe he died in my place. And I believe he died in my place. He gave his life. He gave his life. I believe on the third day. I believe on the third day. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. Now I open up my heart. Now I open up my heart. And I receive Jesus into my life. And I receive Jesus into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. As my soon coming King. As my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.